You have my attention. Because you're listening to Know the Lore Overwatch. Greetings, folks, it's your lore master Spartacus here, ready to deliver some lore on the newest member to grace our screens in the world of Overwatch as of recording this in early 2023. Probably the most polarizing character as well for a variety of reasons, but let's go ahead and get started with our robotic renegade. Like most of the heroes of Overwatch, Ramatra is inexplicably connected to the Omnic Crisis, but in his case it's a lot more literal than most and it all starts behind the scenes with the god AI Anubis. As a quick bit of background, the Omnic robots were created by the Omnica Corporation to boost productivity in the workforce for a variety of industries worldwide. Therefore, Omnica had giant manufacturing plants called Omniums stationed in different countries around the world to keep up with the demand. However, after evidence was discovered that Omnica had been committing some sort of fraud, the company and the Omniums were shut down. Anubis, an extremely advanced AI program so powerful it's known as a god program, and I'm honestly not sure where Anubis actually came from, I don't think it's ever actually been confirmed. Anyway, Anubis took control of the powered down Omniums and started them back up, changing production plans and churning out legions of militarized Omnics under his control. While the repurposed Bastion units were the bulk of the force, there was a completely new elite unit of Omnics that Anubis crafted for the purpose of tactical assessment and leadership. These were known as the R7000 Ravagers, which had an appearance similar to humans as if to mock them, and could adapt to protocols and battlefield conditions in real time. The Ravagers were far and wide known to be the most hated of all Omnics by humans. Now, I need to take a few minutes here now that we're done setting up describing how the Omnic Crisis played out and the development of the Ravagers and pivot for a bit to talk about another important figure in Ramatra's development. Once the war was over and Anubis was eventually contained, many of the Omnics no longer controlled by Anubis became sentient in an event Omnics refer to as the Awakening. The first Omnic to experience the Awakening was called Aurora. Experiencing this phenomena, Aurora beheld a world of mystery and wonder and wanted to explore what it had to offer. As she journeyed on a pilgrimage through India, something happened, the details of which we just don't know. But it's said that she was engulfed in a great and expanding golden light, reaching transcendence and sacrificing her physical existence. And if you're feeling like there's a lot of Buddhism influence here, you're not wrong. Many other Omnics began to follow in Aurora's footsteps, creating a temple and a statue in her honor where she's worshipped, not as a deity, but as something to aspire to. Calling themselves the Shambhali, these Omnic monks established a communal monastery in Nepal where they meditate and hope to someday ascend, much like Aurora, and one day join her within the Iris, a place the Shambhali believe connects all beings, both organic and mechanical and within it, all are one. 
Anyone get any flashbacks of Transformers there, like the Transformers movie? Till all are one. Just me? All right, let's carry on. As part of their creed, they believed in a peaceful coexistence with humans and would often offer messages of harmony as well as humanitarian efforts, such as providing food to impoverished human areas. They did much of this under their leader, Takartha Mandata. Although the majority of Ravager units were hunted to extinction post-crisis, one of the few awakened Ravagers that managed to survive heard rumors about Aurora and decided to travel to Nepal and join the Shambhali in hopes of finding some meaning to his new existence. There, he was embraced by Mandata and his teachings about coexistence and the iris, and finally chose the name Ramatra. For years, Ramatra studied and practiced as Shambhali before wandering out into the world seeking further enlightenment and to spread the Shambhali message of peace. During his travels, he met another Omnic whom he became extremely close with, to the point they would refer to themselves as brothers. Ramatra did his best to guide him towards the message of Shambhali, eventually leading him back to the temple at Nepal, where his new Omnic brother took on the name Zenyata. However, through all his study and talk, Ramatra seemingly never let go of what he perceived as injustices perpetrated by the humans in the aftermath of the war and that still continued. One day in the village beneath the monastery, a group of humans attacked both himself and Zenyata. The details of what happened are sparse, but whatever took place in that altercation severely injured Ramatra and almost cost Zenyata his life, leaving Ramatra furious. As more time passed, Ramatra's frustrations boiled over as he witnessed Omnics, his people, constantly attacked and killed by humans, all the while the Shambhali preach about peace and coexistence while nothing, to his perspective, seems to change. Although urged by his fellow Shambhali and his teacher to remain patient, Ramatra's frustration at humans grew to hatred. He then left the Shambhali and cut all contact with his brothers and Yada, vowing to defend his people by any means necessary. Having left one group of devotees to a cause, he immediately began searching for another, seeking out any omnics fighting from the shadows against the humans. His convictions and natural charisma inspired loyalty in his followers, and as they amassed to greater numbers, they became radicalized to his cause. Ramatra himself even performed monstrous upgrades to his own body to make himself into a weapon even deadlier than he ever was during the Omnic Crisis. His initial operations targeted facilities where Omnics were being held as slaves, and while he recognized so many Omnics still held out hope for the teachings of the Shambhali, Ramatra preyed upon their doubts, claiming no one from the Shambhali would be coming to save them. However, he and those who followed him would. As Ramatra carried out his plans, he gathered several other powerful Omnic allies around him, Nameless, an Omnic that was formerly used as a companion for human children, Zara, a large information operative, and Lanet. Together, they formed the inner circle of the militant Omnic liberation group named Null Sector. Though Null Sector's numbers started to grow, they still were not large enough to become the active threat Ramatra needed to be, but he had a plan. Null Sector took control of an abandoned Omnium and brought it back online, manufacturing their own army of radicalized Omnics, and once he had a large enough force, 
Ramatra decided it was time to make their presence known. The target was London, a human city known for its ongoing cruelty for Omnics. The plan was to invade through the King's Row area of London and establish a stronghold within the city, forcing upon it a safe territory for Omnics to roam. Even better, the plan would be executed while Mandata was visiting London and meeting with the mayor. It would be an opportunity to publicly show the failings and hypocrisy of the Shambhali compared to the strength of Null Sector, rallying more to Ramatra's cause. However, others of Null Sector's inner circle disagreed with the plans for the attack. Lannan urged caution as the Omnics created by the Omnium were too outdated and wouldn't be enough to pull off such a feat and that they needed more time to bolster their ranks. Zara also tried to persuade a more tactical approach by shutting down the power grid and water supplies while Nameless's unit could seize the tunnels below King's Row. However, Ramatra refused their counsel as he was dead set on a show of brute force. Upon the initial launch of the attack, Null Sector saw some success. They swept in, turning King's Row into a war zone. Both the mayor and Mondata had been captured along with a hundred other captives, and Null Sector was running the streets unabated. Not even Overwatch could interfere with their plans as the British government had forbade the organization from interfering after the amount of controversy the group had been involved in as of late. However, Blackwatch operative Cole Cassidy was already there scouting the area anyway under the orders of Gabriel Reyes, who defied the official stance of the government and his own superiors. Hundreds were dead and thousands were injured 28 days into the uprising, and Reyes was not about to let it go unpunished. Once Overwatch Commander Jack Morrison was made aware of the situation and the details that Cassidy had reported in, he made the decision to launch an illegal counterattack and interfere where Overwatch was not welcome, sending in the team of Tracer, Mercy, Reinhardt, and Torbjorn. As this was taking place, Ramatra was facing pressure on another front as well. He had not swayed the Omnics as he predicted. No one knew flocked to his side, and instead they were turning towards Mandata, who was condemning Ramatra and Null Sector for their violence. As the battle for the Omnics' morale was lost, so too was the physical battle, as Overwatch succeeded in beating back Null Sector's forces until they either retreated or perished, including Lanet. Finally pushed to a breaking point, Ramatra lashed out at his remaining allies, claiming he would continue to fight for the Omnics whether they wanted it or not, and would do whatever it took to accomplish his goals. Disgusted by his delusions, both Zara and Nameless left Ramatra to lead Null Sector alone. Sometime later, Ramatra met up with Talon leader Doomfist in Cairo, where Doomfist praised him for his loyalty to his people, but claimed that Ramatra was doomed to fail unless he had the right allies. And by allies, he meant Talon. Ramatra expressed his interest in the offer, but we honestly don't know any other details than that. Three weeks later, Doomfist was arrested by Overwatch in Singapore, while Ramatra was still on the wind. However, as of the beginning of Overwatch 2, we know that Null Sector's forces have seen major upgrades and have launched attacks across cities all over the world, plunging it into what is now being called the Second Omnic Crisis. And from what I understand, this is what the large part of what the PvE portion of Overwatch 2 will center around. And that's all we've got for now for our anti-hero turned villain, Ramatra. 
As always, if you want to catch me doing all of the game stuff, you can head over to youtube.com slash nerdsloth or twitch.tv slash nerdsloth. Or to catch up on everything else I'm working on, head over to nerdsloth.com and find updates there. We've got just one more episode in the chamber here before we put this show out to pasture, folks. So I hope you really enjoyed this one. I think this story is really cool and it kind of gives Ramatra some Magneto vibes. I mean, says the X-Men nerd in me. That's a whole other thing. But what did you think? Is Ramatra in the right or in the wrong for going to extremes for trying to save his people? Let me know your thoughts. And remember, we cannot fail when we strive together. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, like, subscribe, comment, or share this episode, as every little bit you do helps the show and helps me out tremendously. Know the Lore is recorded and produced by Nerdsloth. More episodes can be found at nerdsloth.com along with our other shows. You can find us on most social media platforms at NerdslothHQ. Music heard during the show is the Overwatch Victory theme, remixed by DJ Afixia. Go to Afixia.com to hear more. Presented by Nerdsloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.